another episode of We Talking Movies. We first we episode. We Talking Movies. First episode of this name. Are, is this a new season? Or are we keeping the same season, just different name? This is no one, the same no season. No one really knows. Um, Cine just wouldn't stick with me for some reason, and so we had to pivot to another name. Because Jane, it was your your parent, your mom was like, Cine Linguist, that sounds suggestive. And you're like, oh, I don't want to disappoint her already. No, my mom's in this like post-American Buddhist phase where she's already forgotten her Catholic ways, <laughs> unlike your mom. That sounds like something Mary Ellen would say. Oh, for sure. She did. No, I haven't told her. Um, but yeah, we talk in movies. That kind of comes from a, f- like, a phrase you and I say a lot. Like, what are, the, what are those, buff guys? Yeah, we talk. Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Basically, all, all of our our inspiration and comedic humor just goes back to Kyle Mooney when he was in Good Neighbor. And that's those jokes get recycled and, and they never get old unless you're anyone that's not me and you in the group. Yeah, that that's true. But yes, yeah, so we are indeed talking movies. And... <laughs> Today, we are talking about Francis McDormand because we watched Norman, uh, Nomadland, I was going to say McDormand Land, which kind of is what it was, essentially. Should be named. She was in every scene. She was. And we were thinking about how to pair it, and we were like, might as well do one on Francis. Like, she is pretty unique in a lot of ways, Mm. and exceptionally uh talented oh yeah so yeah i feel like if anybody deserved their own episode especially on our podcast where we uh you know really admire the 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 blue collar characters yeah exactly the actors actresses who champion the blue collar people might as well do francis so we chose to do just nomadland and pair it with three billboards since it was a a recent one and everybody knows fargo and honestly her looking through her uh filmography it's pretty random, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, she's married to one of the Cohen brothers, so I think she's she has random. She's either a lead or like will be a random character in their movies, or at least was married. I don't know if she still is. At, you know, Hollywood. No, she is. Yeah, they're getting married, divorced every day. Uh, I think with Joel, the better yeah. of the two, the stronger of the two. Yeah, I think well, he's the one who who does most of the heavy lifting. Yeah, I mean, if your name's Ethan, like, what are you, you cuck? What are you yeah. doing? You're not marrying Francis McDormand. You couldn't handle a woman like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is Joel. Yeah, and jo- yeah, Ethan so needs to they... stick to his young twenty-year-old models. You can't. Jeez. Get a woman of her stature. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Joel, shout out to you. But yeah, she's she's kind of all over. I mean, she's in house. Most people. So many people know her from so many different movies. I mean, Raising Arizona, Coen Brothers movie, is hilarious and awesome. Mm-hmm. And then um, Almost Famous is very, I feel like, very popular in our generation, like the millennials, because they're like, oh, like, rock and roll, living free, being a being a groupie. Um, I feel like Gen Z will, like, rediscover Almost Famous within five years. I can tell they haven't yet, because I haven't seen it come up on film TikTok. Mm-hmm. But at some point they're gonna figure out it exists. Uh, then they'll be. That's so me. I'm so yeah. her. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, she was great in that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Reminded me very much of my mom in that movie. Um, so she does. She does great. I'm a. I'm a big Frances McDormand fan. I think she gets a lot of uh, credit, whereas like sometimes you expect the actresses that are winning awards to be very attractive. And not to downplay Francis, she's got some great, you know, blue collar looks about her. She's a stern chin, but uh, usually I feel like people who are winning awards are like fucking Kate Blanchett and young Meryl Streep and all these people. But she cleans up and she looks like she's just like your friend's mom that works as, you know, a secretary. Yeah, and or a teacher. You know what? Uh francis her first role was blood simple which was like one of the super yeah Yeah. really early coen brother films i still haven't seen it it's kind of those early ones are hard to find barton fink blood simple did you see blood simple yeah i saw both of them okay i saw them a while ago it's just like kind of like 
noir i don't know exactly how to explain it i i mean it, it i've read about them it, it is follow the their the yeah, Coen barton fink track. is kind of crazy barton fink is is a trip blood simple it seems like they didn't have as much as a budget and was like that was more, their de- debut more and she auditioned mystery type deal for that role and that's how they met damn so when did they get married i want to love at first audition sort of a casting couch situation i imagine (laughs) oh and she had her had just a strong southern accent was like ah, i sure do appreciate this fellas (laughs) no she's from she's from gibson city illinois so definitely not but she said she did have white trash roots and her her mom oh we know we know have to tell us that i was like you can't you can't fake that you can't fake that at all um her adoptive father was a pastor of disciples of christ which is you know scary enough to say the least yeah jesus um it's protestant damn yeah yeah she had she yeah white trash roots is right she had a she had a life uh Mm -hmm. and she poured it into acting thank god she did and you know, I I think the match with the Cohen brothers was due to to you know hit the jackpot, and mm-hmm. very quickly they did. You know, so what fourteen, twelve years after Blood Simple, they did uh, Fargo, and she won her first uh, Best Actress performance and she there. Killed it, dude! Slayed, Slayed it. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, still like. Anytime anyone says Minnesota, they're like, oh, Fargo? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, you bet. And they do a little impersonation of of Francis. And then also, um, we forgot to talk about fucking Burn After Reading. Where oh, she's yeah, hilarious. such a good role. Also gets one of Brad Pitt's like most unique, funny roles, too. And they're like two really dumb employees that fucking hang out together. Mm-hmm. She has quite a bit of range. Like It seems oh, yeah. like she could... She's really good at playing the sort of common person, the everyday uh, gal in whatever situation that you might run in, whether it's the, you know, the fitness woman, uh, cop, uh, you know, the uh, grocery store clerk. She's very good at the common person, but she has mm-hmm. a lot of range with, within that. I think well, then she where... plays these heroic roles like Fargo and, and mm-hmm. fucking uh, three billboards and stuff like that. So she, yeah, she's all over. And she's she can do quirky too. Like she was in, uh, what is it called? Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, that's right. And yeah. she did the quirky uh, camp counselor type. You know, Wes the Anderson. Whole, the Wes bit. Anderson thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's got range, man. Um, Love so Fran. yeah, Fran. Fran got range. That's a fact. I bet she could play a guy too. That was one thing I was thinking in Nomadland. I was like, Francis could play a male. I guess. Why? Because that haircut. Cause that haircut and that like stern look and the yeah, like dude. her ability to suffocate emotion. She reminded me of a friend's mom from when I was younger, like back in the day in the neighborhood who like when she got mad, it was fucking terrifying. Mm. Like you were so scared. Um, And they were also like kind of religious and like kind of white trashy and poor. And, and I remember like pissing her off, spilling something or doing whatever. And just she got so mad that I it was like terrifying. And she seems like she'd be that type. Yikes. Anyway, yeah. kind of a little personal thing. So Nomadland. I watched pretty close to when it came out. Like it, it came out on limited release and then released again for rent. And then finally again for streaming on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I watched in a really good scenario. You know, I had heard so much about it being the front runner in the Oscars. This must have been in December or January, actually. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I really enjoyed it. Like first, first watch through, I was hooked. But I yeah. will say I was able to fully engage and really sink my my teeth in. Second watch, um in the first watch and that's what let let me really enjoy it and then yeah i did i, I watched it again did you uh, watch shortly it after pre or post joshua tree for, for those who are listening me pre. and jamie hung out in joshua tree and i feel like watching this before would get me very stoked to go to joshua tree like yeah I, I you know i'm living i'm living this type of life out there 
Yeah. Well, desert life is somewhat inherent to my being. <laughs> so it didn't didn't take much. Oh yeah. Such desert trash gym. Navajo, actually. Uh so this a lot, movie a lot of you don't know that. <laughs> they they, they don't. They don't. He wrote um, a Thief of Time, actually. It was about, <laughs> about his life. Hey, don't sleep. Don't sleep on a Thief, thief of Time. Uh, so, Nomadland, in short, a woman in her 60s, after lo- losing everything in the Great Recession, embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. And it's kind of a vibey mu- movie, and I can tell that's Super how it a lot of people didn't like it. If you're a, if you're looking for a plot or a narrative, this ain't this ain't for you. No, I think it's very just realistic though. Like this is what life is. Life isn't always like, are you gonna get the big promotion or land the guy? It's just like you're kind of doing your thing. Also, don't forget to mention it was based off a book, Nomad Land: Surviving America in the 21st Century by Jessica Bruder, and then made into that movie. Um, yeah, and I found on YouTube this guy had been doing interviews of all of the all of the characters that were in the movie were pretty much all real life nomads the only mm-hmm. tr- true actor essentially was uh francis and, and one or two others and yeah i found on youtube this guy had been putting together some sort of documentary thing where he did interviews with every single one of these characters and this was like two plus years ago so this story has been circulating for a while Okay. From what I understand, and was this Bob was Bob the one. Um, he's not the one who who made this the the doc necessarily, but he was involved. So that's what, one thing about Nomadland. You you could tell this story has just been existing, and and it was waiting for somebody to capitalize, like Chloe's out did. Yeah, um, I believe uh, Francis was in kind of spearheaded the production too, and then she said at toronto film festival she had seen one of chloe zhao's movies i believe it was called uh who knows what the name is but uh it was because she's only done like four they look good the so writer far. looks really the writer good. yeah it was the writer okay. and so francis mcdormand saw that at toronto and then when she found this project she was like dude chloe zhao's got to do this and uh i mean fuck they cleaned up at the oscars so i think it was a good match um my question is, I know Chloe Zhao, I, I was, well, here, let's get more into the plot and things like that, and then we'll kind of, like, analyze it afterwards. Yeah, so we have Fern, a, a aptly named yeah. main character, played 100%. by Frances McDormand. Fern is, you know, she's, she's, she, she's broke as fuck. So yeah. it seems like you really want to pity her in the beginning. You're like, damn, this girl is like working for Amazon, like the fulfillment center, grinding. But she trying lets to make you ends know meet. not to pity her. Yeah, like, she does. You want but... to, but she's very much like, no, this is what yeah. I want. This is my but at life. first, the way it draws you in. So she's like out in her van, sleeping in the cold. People are knocking on the window to check it, check in on her and see if like, hey, you seem broke, cold, hungry. Are you going to be okay? Like people die in the, overnight. And she's like, I'm fine. I know how to run my van, you know, very stubborn like that. So you kind yeah. of have this idea that she's stubborn, but also in this situation via circumstance uh, rather yeah, than by choice. It's her down. It's not like I feel like a lot of times when our generation thinks of van life, you think of like these entitled people who have come from a family that has money. So they, yeah. they have a safety net, whereas Fran does not. This is her life. Like, well, it yeah, turns she, out she made the choice to, to live this life. But like, as far as a safety net from herself or from parents, because later in the movie, she gets the safety net from her sister, which has always technically been an option. We find out like they've they offer. Would her you help. call that a safety net, though? Yes, I I would technically. Comparable it's not to like you know a, a parent, some yeah. kid at, at Western who is like I'm going to get a van. Their parents are like working at Microsoft. I mean, it's still a it's it still is a safety net, but it's not as big of a safety net. A safety like net to me to is get anything money from that your, your anything siblings. Then I don't know. It's just a relative. It's it's a direct relative that can support you financially as needed. That's a safety net to me. Okay. Somebody who can support you, even if it's not a relative, 
somebody that you can fall back on if you hit rock bottom, which she does have. But that happens later on. So we kind of in, in the beginning, we, we watch her. Uh, she kind of migrates uh, around city to city and she finds herself in Arizona where she encounters the main nomad community that we end up following through most of the film. So those are Quartzsite, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And our boy Bob is like, is the head cult leader. Who's a real person. Real person has a YouTube channel. Yeah. It's awesome. He he's running a, a, a nomad incubator service where he'll teach you the skills you need Mm -hmm. and whatever tips and tricks and give you kind of a community as well to get up and running so that you can live the nomadic lifestyle successfully. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Rubber Trump, rubber tramp rendezvous is what it's called. Um, Yeah. I thought, because I feel like there's, there's an assumption that goes along with this where it's like, this is just this like unorganized, spontaneous lifestyle that fucking, you know, people with no plan do. But when you when you found Bob and his whole deal, it was very clear that it's like, hey, this is meticulous and planned out. You have to have th- these things and those things. Mm-hmm. And it's not as like rough in it as much as you think. Right. One thing that it becomes apparent immediately with this film is that they keep a lot of logistics in the peripherals as we follow Fern navigate the nomad van life. Like we don't, she doesn't like, there's no technical side of it that we see day to day. Mm. A lot of it is still the vibey long shots, really good cinematography. Yeah. Super but good. It, it's none of the actual day to day. This is the physical, emotional toll. It's sort of the general feeling is what they went to capture it and while i don't usually like it i thought it worked really well on this yeah the the vibey shots can get really annoying Mm -hmm. i feel like it like is a nod to like shitty vice videos Mm -hmm. um but yeah they did they did a good job but also like not that many people want to see her like changing her oil and shit you know so uh, well you know who does want to see those shots (laughs) aiden are the like are the trans the, the are actual, the, the van lifers? Yeah, the van lifers, and I saw so many reviews of people who live that life. Like yes, and they said that <laughs> that um, for one, that the conversations were all you know very real. They were like, yeah, that's all natural, and I, I agree with that one hundred percent. I felt like it kind of played out like a Linklater film, you know, uh, where they he just cap they they captured really honest mm-hmm. natural conversations. Yeah. But they wanted to see like the actual physical toll. They're like, yeah, a lot of the time you can't sleep and that ruins your next day. And that ruins the next. And you have like really long bouts of horrible times on the road. And so I think some people wanted to see that go a little bit deeper. Yeah, but that sounds like a this is like a peek into into Nomadland and van life. Whereas like if you're if you're someone who lives it, you want these specific things that doesn't apply to the masses viewing you want a tv show basically is what those yeah, people are exactly asking for. like when i see anything that has to do with a, a hobby or something i'm very invested in i'm like you know they could have talked about this and the, and but it's like how does that apply to the general viewing like yeah not everyone knows this shit and they they i felt like they still kept the realism pretty strong like yeah they didn't do the day-to-day yeah, dude, she was like building she was like insulating her van and like putting mm-hmm. wood inside and stuff and that reminded me of you know, my ex-girlfriend doing mm-hmm. that like all summer. So mm-hmm. like I was, I don't know. I felt like it was realistic enough. That's, that's the main thing. What you just said there, like you already, you know, somebody who's done this. Yeah. People are experiencing this. That was, that's a, my biggest uh, issue with these people who were, it's it's all over the internet that are complaining about um, that lack of, uh, you know, not going deeper into like the physical toll of the transient lifestyle. It's like, a lot of us can connect with this already and we know that this exists. It's like a very real yeah, part of American life. So we, we don't super romantic anymore. Like it was 20 right. years ago. Like people do this all the time. Yeah. And they had real people that do do it in the movie. Like I, I feel like it's, if you do add that day to day kind of showing the toll of, of that lifestyle, you you're, I think you're going to lose on some of the, 
cinematography, some of the like, yeah, and then the actual critics will be like, "What was the point of that scene?" Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, "Well, it's just to fucking please the the purists." You know, I don't know. She had to take out her socket wrench. You know what I'm saying? And there's no, no, there's no way she'd use an Allen on that. (laughs) That is not Allen wrench material. Unbelievable. I can't even. I don't even know. That's like, dude, you're homeless. (laughs) (laughs) You're living out of your van, man. You don't get a. I mean, you can critique it all you want, but you're just gonna be Mm -hmm. talking to the fucking ghosts that you think are real from your meth binges. What I really liked about this movie, they showed that you don't have to be like a drug addict or a bad person to be a nomad. Like these are regular people. These are some questions I have though. Now. Yeah. What's up? So we see some of these movies is that like, say into the wild where they go. um, He goes to slab land or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have all these people who like live this nomadic life and trade and barter kind of hippied out. And then you have that here in, in nomad land. But how, how are like, are these people really just living this nomadic life or what's the percentage of people who are like strung out on like meth and severe alcoholics and are like, yes, they're living out of their van, but they're also like, you know, it's almost like they're forced to like, yeah, well, I don't know. One, I feel like it builds this romantic thing, and I'm sure there. I mean, there's obviously there are those people. Yeah, but there's got to be like some intense issues going on too, like poverty, drugs, oh, of course, alcoholism. Yeah. Oh yeah, and things go things go wrong, and I think that's what a lot of that community they just wanted to see. They were like, things go wrong a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Like struggle is first and foremost. Like a couple of the comments I saw, they were like. If you have a flat tire in some situations, you are then homeless. You have nobody to change it for you. You don't have you like you're you're short on your your cash. You are then homeless until you can get back up and running. But you almost the, experienced that. The people the that this movie, yeah, the <laughs> the people that this movie was following and I watched these old interviews, they were people who were frustrated with their uh day jobs yeah. in uh corporate america or what have you and had they, they had that scene. others they had savings basically so yeah, they, they could afford to do where this. it was like you know my best friend at my job finally retired and went to like go wanted to go take his boat out and then immediately had a heart attack died at like 60 and she was like and i right there was like i can't do this I, exactly like, my waiting for this life i'm supposed to live so i think you're right there but to me, I don't know. I'm I'm like wondering if I were to not that I like think of living van life, but if you were to do that, how many people would you encounter like that where they come from, they have money, they have a safety net, they have savings, and then how many people are just fucking like a lot of the kids she runs into in the movies where she's like exchanging cigarettes and drinking beer with like some of those kids and like dude that that guy looks fucking strung out. Yeah, well, it comes down it comes down to the main question, and this was also brought up by this community that was criticizing it, is the difference between houseless by choice and houseless by circumstance. Yeah. So, first of all, it's already such a niche, tiny community that are doing For this sure. by choice. But on Instagram, man, it is it looks so romantic. Yeah. But in, in real life, are people like just desperate, and they see these like kids from newport beach are like yeah we're just you know i bought this van we're doing a summer and they're like yeah i'm gonna rob you once you go to sleep for everything oh yeah those kids are getting eaten alive by bob and the crew yeah we came out to slab city you know i I saw it into the wild i wanted to walk these mountains and things like that and they're like yeah i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna gonna take your girlfriend yeah and uh your van is mine yeah dude i'm desperate so they nomad land we we follow fern she she meets up with the bob and then the incubator gets trained up you know she really has a good grip on the lifestyle she takes odd jobs some of them are pretty cool like working for national parks and stuff like that and then she meets dave dave who who by every every or most uh parameters is like a great guy super good dude someone who who probably was an uncle to jamie camp at some point like that's definitely one of your arizona desert trash uncle i would be honored yeah, yeah dave 
they gave they really pressed I, I I liked this about the writing, Aiden. They they really pressed Fern on her lifestyle by giving her every reason to be with Dave. Dave yeah. is hands, handsome, smart, well traveled, knows the nomad lifestyle, has an awesome family, super genuine. Mm-hmm. It was like every single like she couldn't ever be like she's got no response to why not be with Dave. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think she was just I don't know. I mean, they talk about her husband a lot and they talk about fucking um, uh what is it, Empire or Empire Empire, where she's where her and her husband settled and then the whole town was based off of one factory that closed down. And she seemed yeah, and her husband married. died and that kind of was the driver. Yeah. She seemed very married to the nomad idea. Like so many people, she's like, this is my home. This is where I live. I'm not, I'm not homeless. I have this, you know, she tells the, the family in the beginning and then she talks to the mechanics and she's like, that is my home. And I feel like, um, she's so dead set on that and like living that role that when Dave was like, Hey, I'm, I'm staying here with my, my son and my grandson, you should stay. She mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I've, uh, you know, I've committed to this, um, which is, which is too bad, but I think not unrealistic. I think she was, it seemed like the movie had set it up to where it seemed that was going to be her decision was to just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to keep hoofing it. Yeah, it wouldn't have made sense for her to be like, okay, you're right, Dave. Time to settle down. I think it would make more sense if like in a year she called Dave up and if he's still single, she's like, dude, I just can't keep fucking doing this. And he's like, yeah, come by. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Or if like just some point in the future, she, she did have those like really bad situations where she was mugged or – yeah. Or she was on the side of the road with no food, and she was like, okay, I'm this, getting to the point yeah. in my life where I am too old for this. Because she was teetering – I mean, it's Francis. She could probably go another 20 years in that lifestyle. Yeah. But – which we, we didn't even mention. I think she did eight months or something to on study. the road. Yeah, of course she um, fucking did. Yeah, but before uh, shooting, she lived the, the nomad lifestyle pretty pretty effectively. Yeah, you know, you you know, she did that and like had no problems, like the the switch. Oh, this is nothing to me. Yeah, because she because she, she lived it until she was an actor. Yeah, actress. Right. I'll see you um, in spring, Joel. Yeah, and he's like, uh, Fran, we got kids to raise. She's like, nah, you got kids to raise. Joel's prepared. Yeah, he just calls Dude, it Ethan. Um, fucking. Uh, you know who I wanted to play the role of Dave was the, the fucking guy at the end of the Big Lebowski. He was like, "Oh, he would have been dude good too." Abides. He he's was, not subtle enough, though. You think he's like too much of a character? He's too much of a character. Dave was subtle. Dave was very, was very subtle. subtle, and so was everybody. Everybody but Francis. That, that's what was so great about this movie is everybody Sam was Elliott, a real that was person. His name. Sam Elliott. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Fucking who stole the show for me was uh, what's her name? Uh, um, I think Linda. Well, Swanky oh. for sure, but Linda May. Yeah. Linda May was, was also. I was like, there's no way this one's an actress. Like that's a real person. And once, they were good, right? Like I, yeah. I hated seeing people being like, oh, I just don't, I just don't know. Like I, I didn't know who who these people were, and it looked like for a lot of these people. And that kid that she like gives her lighter to, who then later she runs into again, like it looked like they almost didn't know there was a camera on them. Mm-hmm. Like the the conversations were so lifelike, um, with Swanky and Linda May, and they held I... like the engagement of the dialogue so strong. Like yeah. Swanky's monologue, I'm not gonna lie. It brought me to tears and I was like really taken aback and I couldn't explain why too. I was like, the one where she talks about cancer and shit. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I I just uh, hope hope one day my my friends will gather around the fire and, you know, throw the stones that they collected with me in them. And I was like, I I didn't know what was coming over there over me at that point, but I was like, you're fucking your Cocoa Pelly desert roots, dude. It would, it, it was, it was powerful, like, oh. man. Even as she like kind of ranted on after that, I was still was like, God damn it. Swanky, you stay it was, alive. It was perfect because, um, that, that's how like, cause conversations in movies are so smooth a lot of times and chopped well. And like, mm-hmm. and like, it's almost unrealistic, but the way like 
someone who's been living on the road who might be lonely and a little crazy will just keep going, keep ranting. Mm-hmm. Like they captured that so perfectly. Yeah. And you know what? I will take that over. I will take realistic dialogue and human or human interaction over, over like realistic o- seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Realistic operational and like technical and engineering. Like, of course, ideally you have the best of both worlds. Yeah. But if I had to choose, I'm taking the dialogue every time. Oh yeah. I love, I love realistic dialogue, but mm. yeah, I mean, it depends on the movie you're shooting, but yeah, I, when, when she kept going and she's like, yeah, and I, you know, I just hope that, I, and I was like, damn, this is like, they may not have had a script here, just been like, Swanky, tell us your story. Right, exa- exactly, and if that works, then god damn, you got something special, and and that's mm. that's what I applaud this movie for. So I was, I, I had a question, so we talked about this early, earlier, Chloe Zhao, or Zhao, I don't want to fuck it up, but her dad is a billionaire executive from china and she like went to boarding school in london did the whole rich kid thing so what i mean is she just like living out these lives that she 100 percent would never have to live when she came to the u.s she's like oh i'm gonna for- focus on like these poor people on the road does that take away from the movie or do we not even care and she just did a kick-ass job i don't care but i'm somebody who separates art from the background art from person like i do that with music i can do that with movies like anything even like uh, like in a phenomenal speaker like if you're a good speaker like i don't care that much about where you come from even if it's some sort of moral act like i i I respect talent where you know i'm a little more cynical so right when i heard that i was like is she just like fetishizing like poor route 66 culture but then at the same time i was like i mean the movie's amazing so like let her work speak for herself and then it reminded me of your favorite band that ever existed fucking america who are all british and they're not my favorite band i just grew up on them for for the for the record uh (laughs) listeners oh yeah he likes a neutral milk hotel uh no the fucking how they just write all these Route 66, you know, Ventura Highway, Horse with No Name songs, Tin Man, and they're from, and then we found out they're from, like, London. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then I just, like, it just gets into this American fetishization. And Nobody oh. nobody owns anything, especially when it comes to American culture. And I think if, I, that, we that's do, the most. We do uh, put, we do publicize american culture on every fucking radio television wave around yeah the world. and here's somebody with an artistic vision mm-hmm. who respected this aspect of american culture enough to go and study it and bring it to life with her direction you know it really to, to me that her background is entirely irrelevant if if yeah. nothing but a an interesting factoid yeah i guess i guess I don't know. People tend to fall in love with the story. Like she found a camera at age eight and blah. And it's just like, no, you love it. You love it. I do. I love the story. story. I love dude. Anytime I start listening to an artist, I start looking up interviews, trying to find their background. And I'm like, man, what a champion. And so like, I get skeptical, but at the same time, it does until you're like, you produce work. It doesn't really matter. Once you produce work, if it speaks for itself, Exactly. And yeah. which this cl- clearly did. I mean, say what you will about the Oscars. Uh, we actually have been on pace to record this for a while. And then, of course, the Oscars came and went. And turns out Nomadland won Best Direction, Best uh, Actress, Francis won. And it won uh, Best Picture, for fuck's sakes. Jesus. So, um, I'm to be honest, did not watch the Oscars. And apparently no one did because it had like the lowest viewing it's ever had. It was, I watched uh, some parts of it. it I mean, it, it, the whole setup was weird because it, you know, it was a COVID like semi socially distanced thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the tables were spread apart. Uh, what's his name was like half hosting it. Uh, Lil Ray, uh, the, the guy that was also in like uh, Get Out. Um, Lil Ray? Lil Lil Ray. Is oh, it... oh, oh, Lil Rel Howry. 
Hal Halry? Is it doesn't go by Lil Ray? I thought it was Lil Rel. Oh fuck. Rel, the I... guy from Bad Trip, right? I didn't see Bad Trip. Okay, he's he's the in Get Out. He's like the security worker. Yeah. Yeah, Lil Lil Rel. Lil Lil he, Rel. Fuck. I I I swear I heard somebody call him Lil Ray. Well, okay, maybe it was Lil two Rel. L's and you were studying Spanish. You know, oh, this is, this is Ray. Ray. <laughs> See, um, yeah, he, it, it, the whole, the whole thing was just kind of like they, they didn't really give a fuck. They're yeah. joking around the whole time, which I like. I thought it was fine. It just like there weren't, it wasn't competitive. It there wasn't the craziest lineup, but just because of COVID, like so many releases were delayed and put off that it wasn't. It just was very resemblant of 2020. Yeah. And then the delivery of it, I think, was good in the sense of like 2021 moving forward, like kind of laughing it off. And I mean, where yeah, do you whatnot. rate the Oscars? It's kind of like, what do they say? Tupac never got nominated for a Grammy. Like it. I don't know. It's tough for me because it's like they usually have a great batch of movies. Like they choose some of the best movies of the year. But then there are so yeah, many American other ones. movies at least yeah american ones but there are so many other movies including non-american ones I, that, you don't take it you find throughout the year that you're like how did this not get nominated yeah. so it's like what's their what's their viewing process what's their filter like i don't know so yeah. it's tough for me because all the movies they pick usually are really good mm -hmm. that are nominated um so at some in some way i'm like okay I'll, when i see the list i'm like all right i gotta watch these yeah but to me then, it's it's a reference point and nothing more Okay, because I, I sometimes I don't like. I mean, yeah, obviously award ceremonies will award some movies, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like this, this movie is so much like mm -hmm. the these four movies are so much better than this one. So it's like tough mm -hmm. to, and then like they're very influenced with with social norms and and things that are going on, like when it was like Oscars so white and all that. So you're like. I don't now, know. Now it, they cater more towards like if you're a minority, you do get a a, a leg up. So it's like which, but but then again, like you're never gonna please everybody either. So if yeah. you're in the, if you're well, like I think in, in the this, academy, I haven't you're seen never the other ones, but in this situation, I mean the way this movie was directed and shot and given like its free flowing form, I mean I I don't see a problem with her winning best director or best movie, um, but I haven't seen the other ones, so I can't make that like full. I saw almost all of the Oscars, and I think that giving it to Nomadland was a good choice. I okay. don't think it was like out like the standout best choice, but mm -hmm. there was no standout best, so it doesn't it doesn't even matter. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, you could have given it. Like, obviously, if they would have given it to like if Riz Ahmad had had won Best Actor, I would have you know shit my pants and been really happy, but. It wasn't. It just wasn't super competitive, so I can't get mad at anybody. Also, like nobody really gives a fuck about the Oscars except for those in them. Like yeah. the, the worst part about the Oscars is when somebody wins and they dedicate it to some bullshit like social cause, yeah, it's or terrible. like when um, uh, fucking what's his name finally when Leonardo DiCaprio finally won an Oscar and it was like so about, like. He talked about um, climate change, yeah, yeah, because of like where they filmed, um, which is an important topic. What's it called? But it's a super important topic. Revenue, but to act yeah. like you're not in this group of like, uh, you know, people on their pedestal, and it's just it, we're all there to watch and, and discuss film, and to feel like you all of a sudden put yourself on an even higher high horse than everybody. It's like I can't respect that. You're 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 putting yourself, you're associating yourself with this moral high ground, uh, just because you have this this stage and the attention. Like we're there for film, man. Like I I don't know. I don't. I I, I just hate that aspect of it. Yeah, I think it just speaks to. I don't know. I think it's weird because I get really critical too of the same exact thing, where like actors will get on this thing, and I fucking roast real will smith for this like every day where like anytime he says something it's like he's like a you know marx or Karl marx or like he's like this ph philosopher that everyone needs to listen to because he's had this success in acting but and he's like, like the least well-read person on those topics. exactly so he's like when 
I talked to Jaden or whatever. <laughs> and Jaden yeah. was telling me that he felt like maybe he's gay or straight. I got a boner. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. And But that's okay because, you know, <laughs> he's my we boy. need to be more sensitive, uh, especially in the black community. You know, it's just like, it doesn't, I don't know, man. People they're get so on, far removed. The thing is, people yeah, forget. They're, they're not living real life. He, he tries to, especially with social media, people try to like level themselves with the average person. Like you're in the 1%, like you're still a human and I respect that, but you're still a crazy ass rich person with a life that is so disconnected from reality. Unless you're Keanu Reeves and you're like taking the subway and shit. Yeah. Um, unless so you're any, doing that, then I, I can't respect you. Especially anytime Leonardo. an actor. Who's a known like, dickhead? Like, remember what we read about with uh, Pussy Patrol, baby, or whatever they're called, Pussy, yeah. Pussy Wagon. Yes, dude. Like, he's not. It's bullshit. So I can't. Res- I can't respect you. I can't respect that shit. Yeah, it's uh, just we're it's talking just, about the way he was with, with in his early days gambling with fucking Toby Maguire. Toby, yeah. What was dude, the movie? Which, Molly, which, Molly's game. Yeah, ruined me. I mean, not that I thought Toby Maguire was a good person. I always thought he was really weird. I thought like, he was kind of funny weird looking and just kind of like the the way he would what is his line cut me i bleed like his weird just i don't know i thought he was a weird character for peter parker but to find out that he was like rapey and and just kind of a fuck and like and bankrolling this dude just to fuck him over i don't know so weird yeah that's why Um, i don't want to hear their their moral high ground because I, i i doubt everything they do in the background anyway we've derailed long enough (laughs) Aiden, just, o- yeah, overall, fuck. Nomadland, I thought um, it was authentic capture of the American Nomad. Uh, really great piece. This, this is an eight five for me. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm also giving it an eight five. Um, I I want to give it a nine, but because I love Francis, but you know, for some reason, a nine for us is pretty much the equivalent of a ten because we rarely ever hit it. So, yeah, I'm giving it an eight five as well. I I really liked, um the the characters being real nomadic people i think that was a great choice and like it just added so much authenticity in the way it was shot and um and i mean people might get angry but how it kind of like almost didn't have a plot how she just kept going on the road i fucking love that um because i think the way it was shot and the way the conversations went and the way what it's about was just so authentic to real life that like there's not always a plot every time so yeah, mm. eight five for me too. Okay, right on. We'll run through these cons that came up. Uh, you know the kind of general criticisms around the web that sure. I have read. Um, lack of character development. This was huge. Um, for some reason, people thought that they needed um full length character development in this film. The the thing is, I mean, people act like character development is this necessary part of a story like there was some with francis but these characters were literally already developed like you can learn yeah, about like 70 and 80 yeah and you can learn about their that's like the the thing about old people you learn about their experience and their wisdom through what they've already been developed like that's you know learning from from swanky and the other characters like that is like life style de- development so to me well, it, it was it, it wasn't just... very valid it it relates back to the original formulas that worked in Hollywood to sell a movie it was like your character, it, you know, the hero's journey, your character has to go through this thing. It has to change them. It has to like, they have to have peaks and valleys. And I mean, so many movies in the history of the world have been made that like you need a new way of doing things. So, so the lack of character development and the lack of plot, like, I mean, how many times can you watch the same formula of a movie, you know? Right. That's, so that's what I'm I'm, a, I'm totally okay with no character development. I mean, she played a 60-year-old. The rest of the characters were 70 and 80. Like, who the fuck cares? Exactly. Okay, next one. Boring. No story. Bland. So this was just around us. You know, we, we kind of touched on this in the beginning. Yeah, same, same argument. Same yeah. exact argument. Yeah. So I, to me, it's like you didn't engage. You didn't buy into this, like, very real part of american life like this is like we Mm -hmm. said this this we all know people who are in not all of us but many of us know people who are in this lifestyle or are curious about it or have tried it yeah it's just a window into their life i don't think it's looking for yeah 
And if you think that's boring, there's nothing I can. There's nothing we can do about that. Yeah, that means you're you you want fucking Fast and Furious Ten. you want want a very a very fucking you want you know the Rock to be like, bro, these these police are crazy. Let's hop out of a helicopter into ice and And see some titties. Yeah, exactly. You want which which I'm not you know I'm not mad at you for like you know Mm -hmm. it's American culture, but I think we're like past that at this point. Mm Okay, and then the last one, the only one that I think is generally valid uh, against this movie um, is the uh, Houseless by Choice versus uh, Houseless yeah. by Circumstance. They that was think the first that they, thing I thought about. She straddled it a little bit. Uh, or, yeah, Chloe straddled it a little bit too hard between Francis um, being, you know, kind of poor, nowhere to go. And, and her, her actually having like, like a wealthy family, us. yes, with with like a big network that could so, easily support. Did they her. say that they came from a wealthy family? No, they they didn't just, say. Just the sister was like, "Hey, if you want money at any time, I'm fucking rolling in." Yeah, and I mean, she just had a nice house and an empty room. Like that that alone is is enough for support. But clearly, yeah. she didn't like that. She doesn't want a day to day, which is totally fair. So I, I yeah. think that they still handled it pretty well. Yeah, it's, I mean. If she were to roll up and her parents were billionaires like Chloe Zhao's were or whatever, then it would have been like this is so like, <laughs> yeah that's so tone true. deaf and like so far removed. But like but it wasn't like that for it to be your sister who's had a successful life or whatever, um or, or however you rate that, um I don't know I'm not as I'm not as hard pressed as like the the by choice or by whatever. Um, but that's definitely a thing that like needs to be talked about for sure. And in, mm-hmm. in this category of fucking van life is like, is this a, cause there's so many people who are by choice, but then there's a lot of people that it's like, this is my only option right now. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, it's weird, but that's like also for someone coming from the background that the director is probably hard for her to like see that there's two different sides. Cause she's so rich. That she's like, oh, one person's by choice and one is by by life or whatever. But, you know, the person by choice is only making 70 grand a year. So I don't get it. Right. So I don't know. I, I, didn't, I wasn't too. That was more of just like my skeptical inner like. All right. What who were the people that are just like kind of fetishizing this lifestyle that don't really need to be doing it? And who are the people that are actually in it? But that was just like me being a skeptic in the beginning and looking for flaws. But it didn't really, by the end of the movie, I didn't care much. And there you have it. Two eight fives from both of us. And moving on, second and last movie for this episode. Three We're going to bil- refer to it as three billboards mm-hmm. for the rest of this. But it's three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Right. And most of you guys will remember this. Like It did make a pretty big splash in the movie scene in 2017 it came out really well positioned in december right before christmas like they really wanted to make sure people knew about this i don't know about you but i remember yeah they really made sure people knew about this film yeah well i mean it was definitely kind of pandering to i mean i mean fuck the last five years we've been going through this intense like racial awareness and and activism and like divide in the country and so it was made very obviously to a nod to that and anytime that that's happened it's been like you know either the movie's great or if it's something like uh we were talking about the mcconaughey movie the civil war one um jonestown free jonestown we're like wow that was really bad timing even though it's a decent movie um you know, just kind of being aware of what's going on socially. Um, to be frank, though, this was this movie, just so our listeners know, this movie, if you haven't seen it, has literally nothing to do with uh, racial inequality, racial like tensions whatsoever. It just has it, one character that's like a racist. Yeah. Right? It, Sam Rockwell. Right. right. And, and, and he's just an idiot alcoholic. And then there's like Francis does uh, her, her character. um which we should just give the general background of. Yeah, she yeah, she does sorry. make like comments here and there where like, you know, you, 
you're well, not see, looking after my daughter. You, you're too bu- busy murdering black yeah. kids. You know, she'll make well, comments. So, so it, it is ref- very much like aware of, of the social climate. Yeah. So basically this story is about uh, Francis McDormand has these three, three billboards up. This is where the movie starts talking about how her daughter was raped and murdered and the police haven't done shit and they still haven't. And she took an ad out perfectly legal to put in these billboards and she's in a really small town. So everyone knows each other. Um, and in these small towns in Missouri, obviously like they back the police a lot. So for her to put something like that is very against the norm and she's going to get some shit for it. And it kind of just like is a movie that unfolds until where, um, Francis McDormand's character appropriately once again named Mildred because if in Nomadland if they would have been like oh this is Mildred I'd have been like yeah I know but uh they, mm-hmm. they did that for this movie also appropriate she um pretty much takes things into her own hands to uh to figure out who this murderer is but also has a vendetta against the police and uh it's just kind of like her frustrations and her how she how she copes and just like what she does next as far as like trying to figure out her daughter's killer and then it becomes you know it has woody harrelson in it sam rockwell it's got a great cast peter dinklage has like a very small appearance um and it's a great cast and 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 honestly the i think the the uh the plot is sick i think it's like a very original take on anything that's like has social commentary um Mm -hmm. and really specific uh but yeah so that's kind of the plot and then um well what i was talking about with like is social commentary on on race as far as that there's something that uh like since it's a very small town there's a a case that they talk about where sam rockwell's character who is like just an alcoholic overt racist apparently beat up some black kid you don't hear any you don't like see it or anything it's just all previous to the movie and um, it's referenced a ton, and he's like, you know, kind of a racist. But then he has like this turnaround. I don't know. It's a whole thing. But Jamie, let's hear. That's some speaking of character development. There's some serious character development there. Um, but yeah. yeah, Mildred, uh, she, uh, the main character who's you know trying to find her daughter by any means necessary. She's taking a ruthless approach to oh, yeah. finding tired. that conclusion. She's tired. She's done. Yeah, she's like, I need to find out what happened to my daughter, and I would, I, I would rather be arrested than do a poor job of it or do a half-assed job. And so she, she beats up high school kids. I don't know if you remember that scene. Oh, I forgot she, about that. She like kicks these fucking high school kids around at the school too. Uh, she berates the cops. She berates town folks. She sets up the infamous billboards and burns down a, a, a police uh, precinct yep and her Almost search kills a guy. <laughs> yeah her, her and the search ultimately becomes fruitless and we're left with a scorched town literally and figuratively and mildred uh kind of is just on the hunt on, on the run and you know she ends with her you know just kind of fleeing with with sam rockwell but uh, you know to me the, this film still set out what it what it meant to you know a lot of people had problems with how it how she danced well, dance around like people were, wanted, were given a ton uh, of red herrings yeah people wanted the satisfaction of, mm-hmm. of of her finding the killer and murderer but and i think um, a, a lot of that is uh you know who's at who's guilty for that is like the murder uh a true crime crowd like a lot of them were pissed. They were like, I want to, you know, it, it was a made up. It was a fictional story. You could have at least made a, you know, twist and, and give us like something to work with there. But instead we didn't know anything. Cause you don't learn. And there any was, sort of... there was no background music. Like, <laughs> there's none yeah. of that. Like what the fuck, man? There was no sexy NPR narration. What the hell, man? Yeah. And that, that's, and that to me was a lot of the criticism of this movie because like, no, she, the search comes up empty and we're left with nothing, but everything I've read from this director, like that was his goal. Like he wanted to show the emotion associated with the frustrating reality that not all of these cases are solved 
many are left cold and it's hard for people to accept that even when oh, it's yeah. a fucking fictional parent, story if you're a fucking parent terrible man i i mean i have family friends who have not even to like murder or anything but but lost a lost a son or, or a daughter or whatever and they like don't ever get over that mm-hmm. but there's no there's no mystery for them to solve but it just exactly. weighs on them so for the motivation for her to to run into um somewhere oh i think this is the person ends up not being the person and then her to be like all right fucking sam let's get on the road for her to keep that that energy and motivation is is very accurate Mm -hmm. yeah and then meanwhile i i do think sam rockwell stole the show like he does quite often dude he's he there's not many movies where he doesn't steal the show he's honestly i i is it fair to say he's underutilized I can't well, really tell. Growing growing up, so this is this is how I kind of like think about major actors. Like when we were still doing just like VHS and DVD, and like mm-hmm. we didn't have the internet mm-hmm. um, to like watch movies on. You would know about these actors, right? These big actors. Sam Rockwell had been acting that whole time when you were, you know, going to the movie theater and fucking, um, you know, watching movies on TV or whatever. Um, he he had he was an active actor. He just like for some reason went under the radar that whole time, and I didn't know who he was. That's so and, true. Until I was watching movies in like uh, mid two thousand tens, maybe college, where you were like, okay, I've seen this actor in a lot of things now. Who is he? And then you go back through. It's like discovering an artist who has like a catalog that's like ten albums long, and you just heard everyone just heard this big song of his. Mm-hmm. And you go back and you're like, damn, he's been making smashes for a long time. Just no one knows who he is. Yeah. His, it's weird, man. Sam Rockwell's, you're right. His, his filmography is goes deep. And oh I didn't even God, realize that. So many. And like, and he kills it in every one. But I had no idea who he was till probably 2015. Till, till the way, way back when, you know, I don't know. It's just, it was crazy because he's been around. Yeah, but it's not like he's been coming out with bangers or anything like that necessarily. He's just been putting in the work and is is finally, I would say, in the modern era, getting his yeah uh, his show for sure. But yeah, so he stole the show for me. Um, I I think I think this was this was a good film. It was largely misunderstood. People couldn't live with the lack of satisfaction. But for me, uh, Sam Rockwell's character going from like you said confused racist alcoholic do you think to... that was forced or did you believe it where he goes and all of a sudden is like oh i'm a friend of the black man i believed it just because i don't think his hate was that intense like you can just because somebody does something racist doesn't mean they're racist forever like that's yeah. a ridiculous idea is to think that just because somebody has some judgment at one mo- moment in their life that the rest of their life has to reflect based on that moment and you could tell the the way he was expressing that behavior wasn't like in, intensely sincere or anything. He was yeah. just in a crazy bad place in his own life. Like he can't respect other people because he couldn't respect himself. So there's plenty of room for him to grow. I think also, yeah, th- they did a good job in showing that like he was when he would make these comments or do these things. It was like him trying to impress Woody Harrelson's character. And then once Woody Harrelson's character, once he wrote that note to him that was like, hey, man, you don't got to do all this, um, it changed him immediately. And and that, to me, with that, like, development, I believed it. But during the time when I watched it, it was, I mean, it still is a very tense time in the country. I was like, is this forced? Are they, like, trying to make us accept this this white dude? And like, oh, he's one of the good ones. Or was it was it believable? And now looking back at it now, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. But yeah, I could see people criticizing that for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they'll they'll give it to you no no matter what. But I, I felt like it was such a it wasn't a plot driver like like the content of it being of him being racist wasn't impact like Francis isn't black like if if Mil if she like her character Mildred or. <laughs> Or if we had a black actress, uh, black character, then maybe it would impact that more. But then it changes the entire plot at that point, right? Because then it's a then it's like a race film. Yeah, but it wasn't that, that type where of movie. He's burning and doesn't 
doesn't this black guy that he's harassed before help him out of the building and like kind of save him or whatever right yeah yeah the, and know, there's, there's moments there 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 it's not about race but there's definitely you know, it's about small towns. town small town shit yeah small town even, shit with like talk about woody Harrelson yet yeah woody played a really good role and was gone in like 30 minutes but he he served his purpose yeah so in her three billboards that she makes she calls him out directly yeah and he's like very well loved people like him he's a good and and you see why because when he interacts with her he's very sympathetic and and he's trying to figure stuff out for her and he's like dude we've tried to find this person and we can't blah 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 um and then um he is pretty much hiding that he has uh cancer and it's in a very late stages and then he uh this added such a weird because usually in movies you have your designated good person who would be mildred and your designated bad person who would be willoughby but instead um uh woody harrelson who plays sheriff chief willoughby is like very approachable and very relatable and is like, Hey, I understand like we're, we tried, but like, do you have to kind of ruin my reputation in this small town and like embarrass my family and blah, blah, blah. And then he kills himself because he has pancreatic cancer. that's terminal. And then it puts her in such a weird situation. And then you're like, kind of like, damn, you should probably take those down. <laughs> like you're on the side of, of Woody Harrelson and, and, and almost these people in the town who at first you're like, dude, fuck these people. Her daughter died. Then you're like, yeah, fuck. It like makes the viewer, puts the viewer in a weird situation. Yeah. I think that was one of the biggest strengths of this film is it forced the viewer to make complicated decisions for sure. And that's another reason why these like, you know, the murder true crime community were frustrated by it or, you know, <laughs> I'm grouping this I big group of that. people yeah, into yeah. one. I but... loved that part, though. When that happened, I was like, oh, this movie yeah. is insane. And I'm sure some people in that community love love this film. But, yeah, I, I thought that that's, that's, like, one of my favorite things about uh, movies or, or just art in general. Like, when it makes you uh, put yourself in a difficult situation or make a difficult decision. And honestly, now that we're talking about it, the I think your opinion on Sam Rockwell and my first opinion on him is exactly what, what the – director was going for like right. i was probably like ah, is this forced like is this just like a, a pr decision and you're like no this makes this makes sense you know like kind of on his build and like his hate was not directed towards anything or fueled by much and that th- think about how much <laughs> like that that role could have been botched that's why yeah. I, I i think i mean sam rockwell won best supporting actor for this role because that's a tough one yeah. to carry out. Yeah, I mean to especially in the time that he took it on. Mhm. Like exactly. you have to think you have to think he's self-aware enough to be like this could go poorly. But mm-hmm. but like to execute it. I don't know. Yeah, no. He I mean, he's another one who I'm just like, yeah. He he he's he should be in our Hall of Fame cuz he always does play like the fucking blue collar dude. I agree. And, yeah. Um, I mean, my favorite role of his, surprisingly, is his, this recent one in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, he's that yeah, was the, so fucking good. I it the, blew me the away. Gay, stole the, the show, gay man. Nazi. That's yeah, also an interior designer. Stole the show, man. <laughs> I watched Moon. Have you seen Moon? That's like yeah, his well, main. He, he's the astronaut or whatever. Yeah, that one was was good. I I, I wasn't he didn't blown really get away to show by his. It. Because he's really funny, and he didn't get to show his comedic skills, mm-hmm. but he does a great. I mean, he it showed me his range for sure. Yeah. Oh, his range is nuts. I mean, he plays yeah. George W. For fuck's sakes. Oh, that's right, dude. In 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 Dick, and, and in uh, Vice. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry, Dick yeah. and Vice. And v- Vice and uh, W or whatever, whatever the, the the first one that they w. did. But yeah, so. Um, overall for me, uh, three billboards, uh, like I said, largely misunderstood for, for a lot of wrong reasons, even though it's a crazy high rating on IMDb, um, for how many reviews it has an 8.1 with 500,000 reviews is very difficult to do. So maybe I'm wrong yeah. and most people do, uh, maybe this is aged better. Cause I remember when it came out, people were pissed. Um, where are you, so where are you at with it? 
Uh, so memorable scenes, like we were saying. Oh yeah, yeah. And really good performances. It's a seven five for me. I don't know why, man. It could it didn't break the eight. It's uh because it didn't blow me away. Well, maybe you're looking for that finish. I remember the first time. I don't need time, that finish. I don't need the finish, man. I, I wanted that guy that 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 Sam Rockwell ran into to be the rapist, and I wanted them to fuck him up. Yeah. And I remember being like, "Fuck!" when it wasn't him. But I was okay with it's it. Been a, it's been it's been you know a while since I've seen the movie, and so now I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's a, it's a creative choice. It's fine." Yeah, I I think it was really good. I don't know. It it just never uh, pushed it over the edge for me. I don't know if if they even had had found what what happened if that would have helped either it just i don't know maybe i'll have to revisit it again but yeah it landed at 7.5 pretty pretty plainly for me um i have it at an eight i have it as a flat eight i i really liked sam rockwell woody harrelson and francis mcdormand's performance the thing that would take it down for me is she had that fucking like hipster undercut in the movie, which mm-hmm. I hated. She did. She did. I didn't understand. I was like, what? What? That's like, a fair sm- knock. What small town Missouri woman has like a hipster undercut? I don't know. That to me was like a little not believable. But otherwise, totally yeah, fair. no. Totally I had fair. it at a, I had it an eight point zero. And this was her third, um, best picture. Sorry, not best actress win between Fargo, Nomadland, and three. She she won best actress for three billboards. Okay, she won best actress for Fargo. Her second. This this was her second, and then Nomadland was her third. I was like, damn, did she stack up four? Are you telling me? No, no, she got three. Which, if it's not the record, she's on pace for like either Meryl Streep or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, and you know what? she's so good though that she's getting these types of roles three billboards the guy wrote it with her in mind with the screenplay so it, it's kind of one of those I mean, things i with can't the, really picture anyone else yeah but that that's the thing when you get so good people are writing awesome roles for you um you know the oscar is kind of skewed towards people who have been in the industry um and that's just the way it goes though i guess i mean that's just, just that like, good that's yeah exactly like she's with just, uh she's what's his name Le, she's lebron yeah you know, she's, she's lebron fucking, she's she's, she's um she's that person she's fucking i don't know daniel day base. daniel yeah. day gets those exactly. types of roles where Fem- they're like i guarantee this guy will kill it just like i guarantee they guarantee that francis will kill it if they if they put their effort into it then francis will give it back the difference between because i would say also meryl streep is daniel day mm-hmm. but the difference is that Daniel Day is like arguably a good looking dude. Meryl Streep, a good looking gal. Well, I mean, I don't mean to shit on Francis. I love her, but like, you know, if she were a porn actress, I wouldn't be looking her up. <laughs> and the fact that she's winning all these roles and she's getting these Oscar noms just proves how fucking awesome she is. This is so true, man. She She's doing it without a single stereotypical you need to be this way. You need to be that way. Yeah. There's so, no way she got plastic surgery because she's age, aging like a normal human being. Yeah. That you have to be like an atyp or like a typical, uh, whatever. Like if there's some yeah. sort of stereotype you need to fill to be a, a successful actress, Francis has been giving you every reason for that to be false. Yeah. And we love her for it. Exactly. I think that's a great place to wrap up there, man. I, I think, I was surprised to see her come in so hot with such a strong performance in Nomadland in a very unique film, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm glad she did. 100%. All right, then. Until next time. That's we talking movies. We talking movies now and forever. <laughs>